Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside Royden Ogletree today. And Royden, uh, we saw you last week, and it was good. We talked a lot yeah, about Scotland. I'm here. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the Astros' new biggest rival won the World Series in the interim. So I know that you, you know, you're mad about that. No, I was totally told to bring not it mad, man. <laughs> not mad at all. Totally fine. Everything is normal and cool. <laughs> no, we're good. Yeah. Congrats to the Rangers, I guess. <laughs> no, I get it. Look, I get it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Red Sox guy, and uh, you know, I had to like watch for years of the Yankees. I won again and again and again. I don't think it's going to happen in this era of sports. I don't no, think like nobody repeats anymore. Dynasties are hard now. Yeah. Like it's really hard. What the Patriots did might have been the last one. The 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 Warriors might be the last one. Yeah. You know? I mean, people. What I can't be mad because what the Astros did was like hasn't just hasn't been done since like the Braves in the '90s. Basically, I mean, the mm -hmm. Cardinals had a little bit of a replica of that. I mean, I guess. Mm -hmm. If you were to pick the San Francisco Giants, just either missing the playoffs or winning the World Series every other year with Bruce Bochy is awesome to be at. But yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really complain when in like the nobody repeats in the World Series anymore. So it's 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 not it's really not the end of the world. It what sucks is when your rival beats you in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what that's what's rough and on the on route to winning a championship. But yeah, absolutely. So it's about I, football talk. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, there's – dynasties are hard. Like, yeah. you know, I think we're seeing – you know, we saw that kind of Georgia and Alabama have this, like, kind of big dynasty if you roll them together of what's kind of going on there. I do think we're about to see the end of that in college football too. Like, I think that um, – you know, they're, they're, you're highly likely in the next few years as the transfer portal accepts things to see in a 12-team playoff as well. Like the 12-team playoff is going to affect dynasties so, so much. Mm -hmm. Because while, yeah, the big boys will still be there, right? There's going to be more opportunities for them to lose. There's going to be more opportunities for them to play games with their star wide receiver that makes the difference in the game. You know, uh, for example, if Ohio State is ever for a second without Marvin Harrison Jr. down the stretch – they're probably going to lose a game. Well, like, there's always been parity in the middle of college football. Yeah. That's what everybody likes to point to is that, like, I mean, oh, there's parity here. People are losing all kinds of, you know, one or two games, and then you're out. You know what I mean? But it's – there's no parity at the top of college football, really. But there's about to be. There's and I think you're be. seeing it in that um, you're seeing – well, you see, like, there's new you're teams. You're bringing the middle up is what I was Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely bringing the middle up. Or you're, yeah, I don't like bring the top down is going to be a little hard because there's going to be teams who are always going to spend more money, who are always going to do more things, and are always going to have things more mm -hmm. available to them. But conferences are about to get huge. Like you're not going to be able to, 
you're not be able to get fat and happy on the same schedule every year for for ten years in a row. Mm-hmm. But that means the other thing is going to happen because of conference realignment and the way that scheduling goes, because everybody's going to play everybody every couple of years. Well, you're not going to get like, well, you know, Iowa State's in a ten year hole. Good thing that we get to play them every single year. Yeah, you're not going to get that. Like so. You know, where in the SEC, you, you, you know, in the SEC East, Georgia's getting Vanderbilt every year. Well, that's going to be over. So now they're going to get Texas every couple of years and they're going to get Oklahoma and they're probably going to get, you know, AM more and, you know, they're, they're going to get, you know, Bama more and all those things. You're going to see them more than they did before, which means that there's going to be more losses for all those people, mm-hmm. you know, involved because you're not going to, you will trade out of Vanderbilt for a Texas. That's what's going to happen. So, um, so all that's going to change. Everything's going to change. And the transfer portal, of course, keeps uh, things honest. Like, look, TCU got how many guys from Bama this year Like to transfer in there? Three or four? Yeah, I was going to say five, but that yeah. would be wrong. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe it is five. I don't know. But, and none of those guys are helping TCU win the Big 12 right no. now. But they're also not helping Bama win the SEC. Mm-hmm. And so when Bama – like, the thing that Bama and Georgia and – Ohio State and teams like that have been able to do and keep their hold at the top is is that when their five-star junior guard goes down and he's out for eight weeks, then your five-star redshirt freshman guard comes in and just plays slightly worse. Like, you know, like, oh, man, we don't have, we don't have the big first-round draft pick for this year, yeah. but we have the one for two years from now. And we and, can play him four games and redshirt him still. <laughs> yeah, all those things. So, But that guy now – if the he has two years before he's going to start playing, may get impatient, may go, hey, I'm getting $75,000 a year at Ohio State, but Kansas just offered me eighty, So I'm going to go to Kansas and start because I'm from there and they're giving me this money. All right, whatever. And then you're like, okay, well, you're, you're not probably going to the national title. Don't care. More money and I'm playing. Right. So. I'm still going to go to the NFL. I've kind of described to the theory that scouts will find you now. Yeah. It's just so big, and, like, they cover such a wide swath of, like, people. It, it, they're finding quarterbacks in the NFL that played at, like, Bethune-Cookman or whatever. Yeah. Like they, just, she, I mean, Tyson Bajan played at Shepard. Yeah. I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a dollar if you can tell me where Shepard is. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. in Virginia, but I know they lost to Colorado School of Mines, which I which I, is in Colorado, yeah, which is in Colorado, <laughs> and you know that because yeah. of the title. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there, there's there are like it's just different things that are going on uh, right now that, that that change it, and it's going to be a slower burn. I know that college football fans, especially if you're a fan of say a team like you know Oregon State, which might have been a bad example, but. When you're thinking of like, oh, we're gonna make the play, like we have a better chance to make the playoff now, like it'll be happen next year. Well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. It's not gonna be complete chaos right off the bat, but eventually, I just think you're gonna see a lot of different things. Yeah, you would. The, the hope is that in what we've been screaming for, the 12 team playoff. I know at least I have. That's the hope. That's the you know, just get me in, and I'll. It, will you probably beat Georgia if you're a 12 seed? No. But you want the opportunity to do so. Also, it allows you to like not have the situation that I mean Baylor TCU had in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Just to say, on down the okay. line, we've given thousands ex- of thousands of examples with that, and that's that's the underlying hope. 
how Here, this pertains down the line to you, to the first point we're trying to make. I'm, I, I'll, I'll get there. I'll I'm get there. Waiting for the plan to land. Yeah, no, I, to I, land. I'll get there. But I do think that. Um, you know, so say you have a situation where Baylor and TCU are in there. Mm-hmm. Well, look, Baylor and TCU, I think actually in that particular particular year would not have won it because they they didn't have good defenses and they weren't good enough, particularly up front, to match the teams that would have been in there. Yeah. But if you're having to play two playoff games before you get there, there's a good chance that they're going to beat somebody who's a bad matchup for them, and then that could be that maybe creates a better matchup in the national championship game because on the other side, like. You know, just say this year it's Washington and Michigan, right? Well, Michigan, like th- those could be the two teams that are bound to play each other. But the only bad matchup for Michigan would be Washington for whatever reason that right. that thing is. Well, now you know Washington's got to play a couple games, and you may not have to worry about them because somebody knocks them out, and then you get like your team can win. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, there's other things that happen, or somebody knocks out Michigan because they're a bad matchup because right. the. JJ McCarthy gets hurt and he's out for one game because of a concussion. I mean, we saw the, you know, the, we just saw it last year. TCU put it on Michigan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, all just, just one bad, game. Yeah. Like now, TCU had to play Georgia, and you know, two weeks later, yeah. and that wasn't it. But you know, like, theory was proven untrue almost immediately. But but they got Michigan out, yeah. so there'd been another round in there. Who knows what would happen? Like mm-hmm. I think that that's what's going to make it special. But regarding Michigan, I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. The Connor Stallions drama has reached confusing levels now. There was reports that Michigan had documents in his possession that showed that this all came from a PI that was hired by Ryan Day's family. The NCAA has come out today and said no. <laughs> <laughs> and that site that reported that was a Michigan website. You know, so Michigan is now released documents saying, look, they had our signs too. Did you see yeah. that SI report? Yeah. Yeah, so that look, they they decoded our signs as well too, and but so did now, they? But did they do that? Right, though it's a lot of finger pointing and conflating, like going, like sending a scout to somebody's stadium in a game that doesn't involve you. So all the other schools can prove that you sent a scout there. Yeah, that's where you're at. Now you're in the like, and here's another thing. It's really interesting. So the NCAA has a rule that. You can punish the coach for lack of institutional control. Like things happen under him. He says he didn't know it. You know, Rick Patino had plausible deniability at Louisville that he had an assistant coach like throwing stripper and hooker parties for recruits. Right. I didn't know that. And um, I would say that like I almost believe that in that if I was doing that, the last person I would tell would be Rick Patino. <laughs> like the last, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> oh, they're here. They had a good time. Yep. Okay. What'd you do? We went out. Great. Mm-hmm. Where? This place. All right. <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah. Tell but, me less. But part of it is you don't want to know. Like so that, and that's why they do that because coaches can just say like, look, don't tell me anything. Do whatever and just bring it to me. And that's why the NCAA has that rule to punish coaches. Which is a good deal, a good rule. The problem is it takes them forever to figure anything out. Should we backtrack and just reiterate what this scandal is for the uninformed? Yeah, I don't know if there's uninformed, but yeah, let's do it. So Michigan has been accused of sending scouts Mm -hmm. to scout in person their future opponents. That is against NCAA rules. It is against NCAA rules for budgetary reasons because not every school can afford to do that. Now, uh, 
what Connor Stallions, who is a the recruiting analyst on their staff, is that's his title, has been allegedly doing, but many people have evidence of him doing it, is either he goes in person or sends maybe upwards of 65 different people to games and sits them in seats that he purchased and has them film the opponent's signals on their sidelines. Right. Which is... Over Venmo, might I add, purchased. Yes. Which he does not have a private Venmo. Um, and That's how he got found out. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yeah. So what are we doing? He's not that great. Buy your drugs better. What are we yeah. doing? He's not that great of a um of a spy. Yeah. So to speak. So he's he's left a paper trail. At the game, L O L. Uh and Central Michigan apparently led him onto their sideline. He was there wearing spy glasses and central Michigan gear, and they say they have no idea who it is or how it happened, which is um, what is that you call that? That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure they figured out how it happened. Now, he might have pulled the wool over some people's eyes, mm -hmm. but Central Michigan just doesn't want to look stupid in this because there are people who work at Central Michigan who worked at Michigan who know Connor Stallions, and I have a feeling that that was like, sure, you can come. Why not? I'll throw you a pass. Yeah. You can stand right here behind us and see how we do things. You're just a... But he was dressed up, and they're like, this is not a spy outfit. Yeah. He's dressed up, and no one will notice me in my Central Michigan hat and shirt, but also the glasses that have the little blue dot on the, yeah. end, on the end of it. So all of this has happened. The Big Ten is trying to decide if they can punish Michigan for this. And in the Big Ten bylaws, which is different than the NCAA bylaws, the NCAA can punish a head coach for these things, whether they know it or not, because all every head coach would have to do is sit in a room and be like, listen, you guys do whatever you want. I don't want to know about it. I just want to know that, like, I don't want the labor pains. I just want the baby. And his staff would have to abide by that. Um, Connor Stallions resigned the other night from Michigan and said that, to his knowledge, no other coaches knew about this. That is what we also call... Well, I'll call it probably a lie <laughs> because – Go ahead. Sorry. There's, there's like – so he's either spending his own money to buy tickets to all these games and then somehow getting reimbursed or not. Like mm -hmm. he had, did write a manifesto about improving Michigan football, so he might just in the ultimate like – My name will go down in the annals of history of the smartest <laughs> well, men that have ever lived. Yeah, exactly. You will read this manifesto. <laughs> And he will, and so because of that, he might have just said, like, he might be that obsessed where he just spent his own money and never turned in a requisition form, which to me, he can't be, I mean, he's didn't, they're like, coaches get paid okay, like, but, but the he, was, make, end, like, he was making $55,000 Yeah, there's a no year. way, and they were buying, like, pretty expensive tickets to well, go to, like, 50-yard line tickets to go to this thing, right? Yeah, so, like, look, 50-yard line tickets at Minnesota probably don't cost you as much. Right. But if you're talking about 50-yard line tickets at Ohio State, you got to yeah. get on, on SeatGeek or Ticketmaster or whoever and get and pay the, like... Here's the other thing. The tickets might be face value at 75 bucks, mm -hmm. but you're buying them through the brokers, mm -hmm. which means that there's at least a $100 fee on everything 
because ticket scalping is legal now. Right. <laughs> it's just all done digitally. Wasn't this all figured out, just to backtrack a, a while ago, and I know we're going to go along in this topic, but like, wasn't this all figured out after the investigation on the computer hacking thing yes. on the so former the, offensive coordinator? Yes, Matt Weiss is their former offensive coordinator, and he was arrested right. and uh, computers taken for computer access crimes, which... FBI, big crimes. The like, FBI, yeah. the FBI's in this. But what, what that information was, we don't know yet. Like, yeah. whose computers he was hacking? Like, was he... Was he stealing money from people, or mm -hmm. was he like hacking Michigan State's like playbook? Right, because it's all on computers, and you know, again, all it takes is one little nerd who knows how to do these things, and um, to do that. So, Connor Stallions got really good at deciphering signals. With a plausible deniability, falls away for me is. It said, so Jim Harbaugh and all these coaches who didn't know what was going on just thought that they had found the best the guy. Yeah. You know, um, kind of like, I mean, remember the Domino's commercial of the guy like doing the pizza boxes the really fast? I was going to say the Noid. No, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, love the Noid. But there was one like a Domino's commercial of just the guy just like folding oh, the pizza yeah, boxes yeah. really fast. Like, did they think that that was that guy? Like, they found the one guy who's like decoded the pizza box game and they're just thrilled about it. Guys, you're not going to believe this. This Zuckerberg cat might be onto something. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, what? And he's just in there on the window, you know, but I just, there's just, look, there's some nuance to this that I, that I don't think one Michigan fans are giving online, which if you put this on Twitter, the only people that you will see are Michigan fans mm -hmm. just like screaming from the hilltops, yeah. which it's not that big of a deal. Everybody does it. Well, no, it's, everybody does it to some degree, but not everybody goes to the lengths and breaks the rules. Like The funny thing is, the nuance to me is this. If you just watch an ESPN broadcast... That's what most of them do. You will see the coaches waving the airplane into land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or with the signs of, like, Bugs Bunny, the rabbit has the rifle now, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you will see that. Why do this? I don't like, I don't. Again, the why in it is really confusing. The, but the why makes no sense. I will say that nuance to me is like, is funny because, yeah, Michigan State's definitely going to watch that broadcast to like see how you, or watch the All 22 or whatever, yeah. and see how you're deciphering, try to figure it out, which is what I believe that Michigan had that sent to the, sent to the Big well, then Ten. It, here's today. it, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't hey, look what everybody else. It is doesn't doing. take too long for people to figure out that their opponents have their signals, because right. eventually you're like, hold on, like this is going on. Like so, most Why of the time, they blitzing the a gap on that run play. Like mo what most happened? of the time, by halftime, you figured out like, okay. And I'll give this example. Um, and this one wasn't sign stealing; it was just sign laziness. Uh, Damien Craig, 2013 national championship game. 2012, he's on the FSU staff. 2013, he is on the Auburn staff. Mm -hmm. FSU and Auburn are playing each other. He's calling out, the, he's like yelling out the plays that they're running. And the defense comes over to Jimbo Fisher and goes, hey, Coach Craig's over there calling out our plays. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, uh, you remember he was here? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't change any of that. And then we played like the one guy who would remember it all. So we have to change that. FSU eventually did and then had to win that game in very dramatic fashion. But for the first half of that game, Damian Craig was just sitting there going, 
Hey, they're going to run the ball to the left. <laughs> and then the, and then the offensive, and then the defense is like, Oh, Hey, this is a blitz call. I know that one because yeah. I was there. And then they're like, Hey, he's barking out the signals. We need to, we need to change that. So like, that's what usually happens. And so they know eventually, look, Rutgers knew, you know, at halftime of that game that something was going on. They knew. And, you know, you saw Greg Schiano. So that all brings us back to the point of the Big Ten doesn't have it in the bylaws to punish the coach. They have it to punish the institution, which anything they do to do either one of those things, Michigan is going to just tie up in court. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they tie it up for long enough, like until January 20th, then man, crazy how that happened. Let's proceed. <laughs> then it doesn't matter. So my question to you is: so say all this goes down, the Big Ten tries to suspend Jim Harbaugh or right. put some kind of weight around Michigan's neck to make it more difficult for them to win the Big Ten title, which the Big Ten really doesn't want to do. But there's 13 other schools in there right now going, mm -hmm. "Hey, we don't like this, and we're mad, so you have to do something, and we don't care if." We get this money or not from the college football playoff. Uh, because, of course, in their minds, too, like they also have the backup plan of Ohio State or Penn State that one of them could theoretically wind up in there. Yeah. If Michigan didn't. Well, if Michigan wins this thing, if Michigan wins the Big Ten and doesn't win this thing, will they ever, 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 and I'm asking you this, in your unique experience as an Astros fan, ever be able to live this down. No. You wear it. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is until you win another championship. Yeah. If they win the championship this year, which they very well might because they've looked, I think they're the best team. They've looked better than anybody else. Granted, they haven't played the best. This is their first tough game yeah. this week. They played Penn State. Like, the whole, the whole thing with the Astros is, uh, was that, the Astros fans now was like, you know, they, a lot of people think that like, they've never stopped. They've never, they never stopped or that, that we weren't the only ones doing it. Astros fans think it's like, oh, we weren't the only ones doing it, whatever, down the line. And the only reason they got caught was because Mike Fires snitched. Yeah. So the whole thing that followed it up was that they ended up having like the best teams in like 2019 in 2021 and 2020, you know, they just kept making it back. So yeah. it like just keeps rolling down the hill. You become the villain, sort of like the Patriots. The Patriots yeah. dealt with this. Yeah. Patriots did the same thing. So it's just like the it it felt a little like, well, you couldn't you couldn't beat our ass though, still. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Even though even though and here's, we and, had the signs yeah. or whatever that uh, beat us and then it then it counts. Well, look, the um the one thing I'll say is that Particularly, you Darvish and Clayton Kershaw were pitching really, really well mm -hmm. going into that Astro series, and then they looked like it was their first day on the job. And so that's where it becomes egregious, where you're like, all right, look, you guys didn't just decide, like, you, you, you probably could have picked your spots a little bit better, where, yeah. you know, everybody's hitting 087 on Clayton Kershaw's changeup, and the Astros are hitting 710 against him. I mean, him. we don't have to go down the line of Clayton <laughs> Kershaw in the postseason. But. <laughs> yeah, but that would that that's where that's where they got that's where it became like 
Because a lot of times you can be like, well, so what? They're banging a trash can. You still got to hit the ball. Yeah. And then it's like, well, but with the stealing the signs, like Deion Sanders said, you still have to stop it. Like, you still yeah. have to stop it. You still have to make those play. Your athletes have to beat their athletes. What makes it more ridiculous for Michigan, especially through the first nine weeks of their season here, is that this was pointless. Mm -hmm. They did not need to do this to win these games. No. Like, it was... And that was the thing with the Astros, too, is, like, they were so good, regardless, like, the athletes that they had and the pitching staff that they had and stuff, too. The, the Patriots, too, is, like, they were so good and so well coached. What was the point? And that was always the problem that I had it as, as a fan, where I was, like, the, the, this feels pointless because you were going to win 100 games with this team regardless of what was going to happen. You were going to win 15 games with the Patriots regardless. Yeah. You're better than, than the teams that you're going to go up against. Maybe not the Dodgers that year, but you could have made it on talent yeah. alone. So, like, and here's where you could also do it. Like, if yeah. you're going to do it, like, maybe not every Clayton Kershaw changeup, just, right. like, pick an inning and run him out. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> I, and the thing, the thing with it, too, is, and you saw it in baseball and people, like, you, you mentioned you mentioned the coach that went to the other team that had the signs or yeah. whatever. When they would go up against the team, they'd be like, "Yeah, they're stealing signs." And back in the day, they've been stealing stealing signs has been since baseball was invented. Yeah, nobody's mad about the anyone. problem with the Astros is they did it electronically, which is the problem with Michigan. And yes. it just kind of goes down the line. So you can equate the two really, really yeah, well. Yeah, like it's well, it's not the act of stealing signs. It is, it's the method that you went about doing it. Yeah. You know? Um, and even then, you can go back, uh, my friend Tony um, on Twitter, he's, he counted every single one of them. You can go back and you can look at the pictures and they know. They're just like, whatever. But it, it then becomes like a fan thing. It become, like fans care more about this than I think the players do. They kind yeah. of are just like, whatever, we still mm -hmm. got to play the game, I guess. Or players then will be questioned and then get mad about it. Like, but like CJ Stroud was asked about it the other day about Michigan, and he was like, "Whatever, I'm in the NFL." Yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't, you know, it, it, it's just it's all it's all interesting to me. Yeah, I just think like they are they're in a spot where they're never going to be able to live this down, and this will always it'll never have an like it'll it'll have an asterisk in most fans' minds. And I'll tell you, like Michigan, I can tell you this: Michigan will not give a tinker's damn. No, about that. <laughs> and they will not. The only time that they will care is if the NTA takes it away from them or the Big Ten takes it away from them. Yeah. And then they will be like, if this is a witch hunt, this is the biggest thing that has ever happened. I think, I think you would never hear the end of it from them if, yeah. if, if it gets taken away. If they win, they still get, I mean, they still lost to TCU last year, so they got to get over that hump. They got to they win. But like, yeah. this team is set up better than anybody else to win in my opinion, because of their lines. Mm -hmm. They have the best lines in the country. So, anyway, when we come back, the CFP rankings will come out tonight. Do we uh, foresee a shakeup at all, or do you think it'll be pretty much just like last week because everything went chalk as far as wins and losses goes, and the only ones that could have maybe, in my estimation, flipped spots were... Florida State and Washington, and they both had huge scares. Uh, I mean, Florida State won by 17, and the second half wasn't in question, but Washington had a huge scare. And like they almost, like USC almost got them.
Um, especially by current USC standards, that was a that was an almost got him. I mean, broke poor Caleb Wynn's heart um, on that one. That was interesting. That, well, look, I, I was happy to see that because there's a lot of people like, well, Caleb Williams just wants money. He didn't care about his team. Like, nah, I think he does. Yeah. Like, that's Here's unfair. That's a, like, those are also the people who like saw that he painted his nails and were like, that just ain't sportsmanship. Oh my God. That's not sportsmanship. But that's all coming up in the next segment, right? Yes, it is. You know what? It's my show, Jack. I'm you, waited with you. You speak when you're spoken to. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me, to me. Paul. Thanks for speaking to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll go to break. It's coming up next. Jackson Charge. This is the Triple Option. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside the dashing and very tall Royden Ogletree. What? He's very tall. Oh. And, and I'll throw in, I threw in dashing. Thank you. Yes. Have you, have you been called dashing before? Actually, no. That's. Would that's, your wife even call you dashing? No. She says, hey, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Help me. Do something. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Do you ever... And this is a tangent, which I'm fine with. Do you ever like think about your life before Garrett? I'm sure you feel this before you were married. I know you were really young. Yeah, <laughs> the 20. So maybe it's different for Garrett. But before I was married, and I waited a long time. I just got married this year. I'm 43. Yeah. So I think about all the things I didn't do in my house that are now not only done but done every <laughs> single day, multiple times a day, and think, oh. I was gross. <laughs> and it wasn't like, I'm not that messy generally, but you think about, well, if she's going to wipe this down like all the time or yeah. like we're going to vacuum like four times a day, you know, after every meal, we like clean everything up as opposed to, I would just put the dishes in the dishwasher and be like, all right, yeah, good to go. At my house wasn't ever really, or my apartment wasn't ever really like terrible, but as a single gentleman, you would not want to know how many times that I wash my sheets in a given uh, month. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, not many. Yeah. I mean, do you know how long it takes to do sheets? It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were doing this today. We were doing the whole song and dance about what do you want from the grocery store? And my dumb dude, I don't know what you want. And it just was like. And it, she, I just saw the frustration on her face, and I was just like, oh, I need to get this moving. Hey, like, I just was, we will. Amanda will sit down, and we'll be watching a, shop for a ball game. I, I don't know a, what I did. A ball game, and go. What do you want for lunch next Thursday? And I'll be. What's today? And she's like, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, 
I've not even thought about. I've not even thought about what I'm going to have for breakfast on Saturday, much less dinner on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But we've got to go to the store and we've got to make a list. So we plan out things differently as opposed to when I was single. And if it was Thursday and I didn't have anything, I would just leave the house for 15 minutes and then go get something. Yeah. Like, so I, it was. I know what I want when I get there. Yeah. On the, like, look, and then when I realize, like, if I'm on my way home from work and there's nothing there, then there's places that have sandwiches that'll throw one right in my food hole. It's fine. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Dude, my whole day was planned around getting here. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And I showed up, yeah. but my wife was like, hey, you're leaving. We need to, like, yeah. folk, you're going to Kansas State. We need to, like, get some stuff between the interim. You got to take care of the dogs. You got to do that. And I'm just like, I got a sports show I got to go do. Yeah. But down, like, hey, down the road. Hey, being a single man is be like being a jazz musician. Yeah. Being married is being in an orchestra. Like yeah. if the strings are off, the whole thing just goes and your wife is the conductor and you're just you're just you know following along is where when I'm a single guy, it's like you know, like that's how it is. And so I live that every single day. I was Miles Davis before you showed up. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm the second chair flautist. <laughs> the, uh, He's not cool. <laughs> no. I mean, I always hated the dumb dude stereotype in comedy stand in stand up comedy. But, but it's you so, kind of like you're just kind of like, oh wait. It's so I didn't think about that. It's so true. Yeah. Like, and the here's what I've even become more fascinated by: how. We have, uh, as men, been able to keep women from being president when they're so much better at almost everything than we are. They're so much better. They're so much better. Like, that is the only accomplishment we have is we've somehow tricked the world into thinking, like, it'll be bad if they're in charge. Yeah. You're like, no, I think it might be way better. Germany, meanwhile. <laughs> I think these guys think that their women are listening and they're going to get laid tonight. They're not. They're not. They're not at all. Oh, my wife will never see this. No. That, on top of everything else, she doesn't watch anything I'm just, I do. I'm just admitting that, like... It's just, I don't know, like, I think about this every day. And look, I have plenty of, you know, little things that annoy me that I think that, like, she shouldn't care about. But ultimately, I'm going to lose that argument. So I kind of just shout it into the void when I'm alone. (laughs) It's the best thing that works. Look, man, Germany figured it out years ago. They're just like, she can do it. Yeah. All all these men have really let us down a very bad path. A very bad one. That last one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, college football is on this weekend. <laughs> yeah, actually, it, oh, it's on on a Tuesday. Which yeah. convince your wife to watch those games. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's see what the chat room thinks about our our topic while we jump in. I do think that there will be a bit of a shakeup when it comes to things because, like, otherwise, why do the show? Yeah, you know, like right. they're gonna they're like, okay, well, last week we had Ohio State number one, Georgia just beat a top fifteen team. We're gonna put them. You know, that program look. ESPN doesn't pay our bills. I'm never going to be on the four-letter network. That show stinks, dude. Yeah. The I'm waited with bated breath over number four through one. I just, like, once they started that back in 2014, and it, I, it, I saw that it was slated on the schedule for an hour, I was like, yeah. oh, well, this is BS. Yeah. This is, so. this is I, what are they going to say that's like different than from what we can debate online? And then it's put out there for people to get mad about. Yeah. And look, it is what determines the final outcome. I understand mm. that, but having a whole show about it, and, and our viewers know this, so I'm not breaking any ground. It's just 
to sell views on on this program that you know ESPN essentially runs now. But I just think I don't know. It, it's it's all for clicks. Yeah. And that kind of makes me a little upset. That being said, Ohio State should still probably be number one. <laughs> Nothing's changed. No. Right? They they're still undefeated. They're still that. You know, Michigan. Um, Michigan has Penn State this week, which will shake things up. Now, it, I mean, we're gonna make we're gonna pick Michigan in our pick, picks this week. And I like I'm putting it up there because it's Michigan and Penn State. I know there'll be people who want Penn State to win, mm-hmm. especially since Michigan's the villain. Just like there were, you know, the Rangers had a ton of fans in the ALCS all of a sudden mm-hmm. because the Astros are the villain. Anybody who's played the Patriots with Tom Brady in that era, like they had a bunch of fans all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, I love the Eagles. You right. Know? Yeah. Always, always been a Falcons guy. Yeah. You know, like all of a sudden, you know. Don't you dare accuse me of not knowing who Matt Ryan is. <laughs> yeah. All of those things. But, you know, reasonably based on the way that Ohio State beat Penn State, which was a close game for most of it. Yeah. Um, it was a hard-fought game. It was like a big offensive output. But Marvin Harrison Jr. was the difference, and Michigan has playmakers as well. Maybe not so much at the wide receivers, um, but they have playmakers running back. They have the big offensive line. I just don't know. Um, and they have a quarterback that's better than every other quarterback in the Big Ten. So, in J.J. McCarthy. So, I, it – I, think I just want to know what I just don't want to know what happens with Washington. Yeah, like if Washington runs the table. Yeah, and I saw somebody said that like you know Washington got a scare against USC. They did win by ten, but like they were down in that game. They had to come back. Like, that game was so fun. It was fifty-two to forty-two. So you know, again, like USC thought they had a shot to win this game. Probably could have won the game. and could have won the game, but you know, yes, ten points is a scare in modern college football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, especially in that game, which was like they were behind. They were losing to a USC team that's worse than them. Now, granted, they were able to run the ball for the first time this year, like, yeah. you know, like 95 Nebraska all over USC. But, um, you know. Well, then you have to, if you want to do that principle of going down the line of like who best wins and worst, you know, worst wins and things like that, Georgia, Missouri had a chance to win that football game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Georgia nine point victory over Missouri, who is a salty team and should compete for that division. But like it if you want to do that, then you would have to sort of well, like I mean again, and move what Georgia the college fo- what the college football playoff has done and all this is like made this beauty contest. I mean, I saw UT Parking here in the chat room says FSU would have lost to Duke if Riley Leonard stayed in the game. That's a strong possibility, but he didn't. Yeah. So like all those like if this happens. You can't say like everything's all part of the thing, you yeah. know. Um, We've Washington described that before in this show where they've done done the what if scenarios, and it's just kind of like, well, you can't, can't you can't really do that. You, everything is part of the whole. Like, yeah. okay, well, if Riley Leonard plays the whole game, FSU might lose, or maybe they don't. Like, maybe you know, you don't know that. Like again, if USC has a safety. If Colt McCoy plays the whole game against Alabama in two thousand nine, every Texas fan will tell you they win the game, but. You don't know, like, what if after his first great first quarter, he threw four picks against one of the better teams in the country? Can happen. Like, yeah. you're only assuming that, like, the good thing was going to continue happening and a bad thing wasn't going to happen. If a butterfly flaps its wings. Exactly. So, Nick Saban doesn't exist. Yeah. Ca- chaos theory is not like, it doesn't, like, you can think that, but the committee's not supposed, like, the committee's supposed to think that for whole games. Like, yeah. 
you know, here we're going to give them a little bit of a break because their starting quarterback was out in that loss in September. And since then, since he's come back, they've been one of the better teams in the country. So their loss that happened three months ago is a little bit better than somebody's loss who happened yesterday when you had your full allotment. Yeah. Like, those are the things they have to delineate against. But honestly um, – do you think it goes chalk, or do they? Do you really think that they're just like? I, I kind of think it goes chalk again. Like, why wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't, like there's like sometimes I think that might like like that Georgia might pop up just because they're like, well, that was a win over. They swap the two, swap the two because they looked better this week than that. Or or you may get mad at this is because they played an unranked opponent FSU. Like all of a sudden, like Washington jumps up even though they had like kind of well, a one look. I would game. I would I would USC. buy that because FSU was playing Pitt. You yeah. tell me a good thing about Pitt, and Washington was playing Caleb Williams. Kenny Pickett's in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the only flip I could see, but FSU still won by 17 points, uh, and you know, Pitt had two good plays in the whole game and mm-hmm. that, that led to seven points. So, again, if you're talking about holistically everything that happened, you know, and then FSU played that game without their top four wide receivers, including Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. So if you're saying, well, if Riley Leonard stays in, Duke would have won that game. Well, if Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are available, doesn't that same thing hold true? Yeah. Right? So, again, the thing is that they weren't, and the game went how it was going to go. Now, if Florida State winds up outside the playoff because they F around and lose to, you know, a a slightly above-average Miami team this week in a rivalry game, all right, I'll buy that. Like, no, you won't. You'll be very mad. No, I mean, I'll be mad about it, but I'll buy that it can happen. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not telling you here that this team is invincible. In fact, I, I very much believe that they're probably going to wind up 13-0, feel really good about themselves, and then get housed in the playoff. Yeah. Like, absolutely well. housed in the playoff. Because they're good enough to do what they're doing, but they're probably not good enough to beat Georgia or Michigan. And... That's one of those teams is who they're going to play in the first round. Is this the first time in a long time that we could have uh, four undefeated teams in the in the in the, the first time ever? Would first be. time ever? Yeah, right. So, so it could go. Well, Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other, but then but Washington if is Washington could on the win, outside, if so. Washington wins out, Florida State wins out. Like they got four, they've got five teams that could all win out, or four teams out of five that could all win out. Like. Washington feels like those Baylor or TCU teams that we were talking about back in the day where it's like they can get got all of a sudden if somebody decides. I mean, USC was probably that best shot, but if somebody just decides well, to like hang a with them. high chance that they're going to play Oregon again. Yeah. And so, you know, whoever wins that Pac-12 championship game, provided that they have one loss or less, yeah. is going to be in the playoff. Yeah. Because that league's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they would have a lot of wins on the wall, provided that – they both went out on the way. And I, I, I just can't like – I would like it for the first time in a long time if the, or first time ever if they had those undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. I think that makes for good theater. Um, but it's going to be hard to sort of sit there. And this is what I wanted to follow up after our first segment that we kind of waxed poetic about how nobody's going to ever forget what happened with, with Michigan, which I've already kind of forgot about. But like yeah. – uh, do they subconsciously hold this against Michigan if Michigan drops one but then, like, goes to the Big Ten Championship or whatever? And, um, wait, put, like, here's the thing. I, um, that I feels think if, like it would be wrong so because they haven't if, been a completely, like, this hasn't been litigated out. No, yeah, but, like, if Michigan loses at any point and you have 
a reasonable team to put in there, whether it's like it could be Texas, right? They only have one loss, right? Yeah. So Texas wins the Big 12. They've got that win over Alabama, and you feel like you can go, well, their schedule's maybe a little bit stronger than Michigan's. Like, And again, this is all subjective to the, yeah. the human beings in that room, but – if you gave one like, of which is a Big Ten representative, yeah, by the way, w- one of which is Michigan's athletic director, right? <laughs> is Ward Manuel? So <laughs> he may have to recuse uh, it. Like you have to recuse himself yourself when it comes to direct decisions involving your school. Yeah. So he has like like all right, Ward, you got to leave, and he's got to go walk around. I know where all you live. Here's your free ticket to ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ride the slide and come back in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but <Fine. laughs> all right, may go twice. <laughs> I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> but they, um, so he maybe has some sway on this. But he's probably wise to just kind of back off on it. But I do think if you gave the committee a reason to leave Michigan out and put someone in, so that you don't have to let go. Well, you know this whole sign sitting thing, Jim Harbaugh. They might. I mean. They're they're looking for reasons, however arbitrary, to leave you out. So if Michigan loses, they're gonna watch. I I kind of have the thought that if Michigan loses, they're gonna wash their hands of them. Uh, th- I mean, that gives like, them. I really think that that g- will happen. Gives them a re- like if you have three undefeated, especially if you have three undefeateds. Right. So say Michigan does lose to Ohio State, and Georgia's undefeated, and Florida State or Washington are undefeated. Um, so if you have th- at least three of those undefeated, mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of one loss teams, then you could go well. You know, none of those teams are in a sign-stealing scandal. You know who hasn't been in this thing? Texas. There yeah. you go. Um, you know, or what's the doomsday scenario? And the thing that could solve this is, you know, sometimes you have to turn to a villain to kill a villain. If, say, George is undefeated, Alabama hasn't lost, and Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, and Michigan has one loss, oh, then you're no. like, what do you want? world do you want alabama who we know you're all tired of or do you want michigan who everyone's mad at Mm -hmm. and will always talk about this and then most people would be like all right i'll eat my vegetables and i'll take alabama i mean it's the joker (laughs) thing is like we need each other (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) nick saban's coming over like you couldn't stay away could you well look um Sometimes you need Loki to beat the bad guy, right? right? Like, all right, you know, he's a less bad bad guy than the current bad guy, so do it. It's a common comic book theme, right? <laughs> you know, like it, look, like, and just when everybody is saying they yeah. are tired of Marvel, well, yeah, look, high I'll, I'll, drama. I'll throw, I'll throw DC in there. Look, Lex Luthor's the like most evil guy in the world, but he also doesn't want Earth to be destroyed, so he'll fight the aliens that are coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, all right, well. He'll do that. I mean, he's going to find his own way around it to make money off it or, you know, become even more evil. But, you know, sometimes you're like, all right, well, we're not going to worry about him today. Yeah, sometimes Congress makes Zuckerberg testify. <laughs> exactly. Those things yeah. happen in the world. When we come back, there's some big matchups this week, including Michigan and Penn State. We'll talk about those and which one's Royden's favorite that he's looking forward to the most. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. 
Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option, or back to the Triple Option. I'm Paul Catalina, alongside Royden Ogletree. Royden on his way to Kansas State for Kansas State and Baylor this week. Heck yeah. <laughs> you there? Hey. Yeah. Uh, we, we love uh, driving through the plains, don't we? <laughs> I'm, we're not flying, yeah. by the way. The, uh, Stop at Eskimo Joe's in Stillwater? You know, uh, no, but... <laughs> The, the stretch between Oklahoma City and Kansas City feels longer than it is because the scenery does not change at all. Right. Like, to the right of you and to the left of you, it just doesn't change at all. So the drive, and Jack's about to do it, that's what makes it a slog. Here at Oklahoma City... thinks we're driving through Kansas City. Yeah. No. You just go no, straight to me. I know, but like I'm just saying, like between that run, like once you leave Oklahoma City and drive into Kansas, wherever you're going, you know, I've done the Oklahoma City to Kansas City thing and back a, f a few times. Yeah, it's really not that. And it's only eight hours. It's not really. that long, but it feels like it's twelve because, you know, when you're driving in places that are not the plains, like you can be like, oh, I know that in an hour I'm going to see this mountain, mm -hmm. or like in an hour I'm going to be in this city that has this thing I can stop at, and then when you're on. Anywhere in that, in the Midwest there, like, you're just like, no, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just going to be. So unless you're from there and like know the little cool spots, if you're just trying to drive straight through, you can be like, all right, I'm leaving Oklahoma City at 1.30. And then you'll drive for an hour and be like, I've got to be close to there. And you're like, it is 1.45. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> now leaving Oklahoma City. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh. Uh, you can stay awake. It is, yeah. Look, I know we got Kansas and Kansas State watchers and everything else, but it, I made those drives where it's just like, I spy with my little eye a field. <laughs> yeah. Is it that one? No. <laughs> is that one? I watched a documentary one time about Jesse James hiding his gold in Kansas. Like, and... Like How? people looking you can to watch find the it. person right away no. for two days. Here's the deal. If you did it at the right time, there's nobody out there. Yeah. The problem is, is that like you couldn't mark it because you people would be like, oh, that's where the gold is. So then you've got to go back and be like, all right, where did I bear this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it was right here. But it could have also been anywhere that I've passed in the last two hours. <laughs> I kind of lost track of time. <laughs> So, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was the, that was the thing that somebody said. The reason that they have the big prisons in Kansas and stuff like that is because you can watch prisoners run away for like two two yeah. days if they escape. I, I once driving up to Tulsa saw a prison and it said hitchhikers may be escaped convicts, which is 
them saying like, listen, we're trying really hard. Yeah. <laughs> some of these dudes are crafty. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not, don't pick up a hitchhiker. You a con? <laughs> what gave it away? The striped jumpsuit? <laughs> the, no. The, I'm um, three quarters of a mile away from the prison. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the fact that there's enough hitchhikers around the area yeah. <laughs> picked up, they have to put up a sign. Flip a coin, it might be a convict. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, big games this week, Royden. Uh, Penn State and Michigan. Uh, I, I just think that Michigan's just too good for them. So while this is a big, you know, top 15 matchup, I just don't, I don't, feel, I don't feel good about it going, like, in the exciting way. Now, maybe, like, Penn State is emboldened by – being a potential hero to everyone on the science, especially everyone in the Big Penn Ten. State the hero. Woo. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they're emboldened by that, but I just I don't I don't well, see it getting getting excited. There's a little chaos theory here that is, and I know it's not tangible and you can't really mark it down, but I've seen it so many times. Either Michigan uses this as fuel to say everybody is against us, everyone is, or it is a distraction. Yeah. That has happened a and lot. Here's the deal. I hate to, I also hate to be this guy. I feel very bad for the players on Michigan's team right now because this isn't like everyone's using steroids no. and like cheating and like all of that. Like they're not. They just look over the sideline and a coach tells them what to do and they do it. Yeah, and they know that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and like and but they're not involved in any of that. Like it's not like JJ McCarthy went like, hey, you know, uh, you should go to the Central Mission. <laughs> you should do that. Like he's not doing that. I promise you that they'll know who Connor Stallions is, but they really don't know what his job is. No, no. I I mean they pass him in the hallway, you know what I mean? Yeah, and recruit. he's sort of like, Hey, Connor, how's it going? Yeah. You know, but again, they don't know like, like has he even been on recruiting trips? Yeah. So <laughs> this appears that he's going other places other yeah. than. Oh other no! Than, sorry, I'll be in Lansing this yeah. week. Uh, Georgia, um, Georgia and Ole Miss, like this one has potential huge shakeup. You know, vibes to it with Ole Miss only having the one loss to Alabama, and you know they could put. I mean, again, Georgia's probably in the SEC title game regardless. Now, this uh, is my normie pick. It's a normie pick, but this is my favorite one of the week. Yeah. Like. Watch the entirety of the Ole Miss A&M game this weekend. Mm. Um, sorry to A&M again. You're not. No. But, uh, I mean, like, defend somebody one time? I don't, you know, I don't know. Or, like, Max Johnson, what are you doing? Panicking and, like, throwing interceptions down the field when nobody – when he wasn't forced to? Yeah. I don't know. Regardless. Well, I mean, look, when you, when you, when you were a – part of a poorly coached team, you're going to do poorly coached things. No, I just, um, no, it's just on coaching. we got to figure it out. You know? <laughs> like, okay. Well, who's the coach? Te listen, I'll tell you, Texas A&M, like when a coach says that, like sometimes this is on coaching. we got to figure it out because he's going to be like, look, he's as good as we've got. Like yeah. he, he, he works hard. He does everything right that we want him to do. He's just not as fast as the guy on the other side. Right. Like that's why it happened. I'm not going to say that because this is one of our best guys and we want players to prepare like he does. But when a coach at Texas A&M goes, it's just coaching, mm -hmm. he's totally right. <laughs> I don't know. I just – I love the way that Ole Miss offense flows. Mm -hmm. It feels like – and I know they were great under Levy, but it feels like it just flows better mm -hmm. now. 
Um, it didn't against Alabama, but it it. I just love what they do in that, and and Dart is awesome. He's a competitor. Some people may not like him, but I mean, I just well, look, I he's, think he makes big time throws. Yeah, I like he's he's fun to watch. Like yeah. is is Jackson Dart when he's ready to go to the NFL? It, um, are people going to be like lining up for him like Caleb Williams? No, no. he's very much an XFL guy. Like no, I mean, it's it's the same thing as like the Baylor quarterbacks. Like you make one read and that's where you're throwing it. Yeah, I get it, but it just. I don't know. He's fun to watch. He, make, he, he makes things happen. And look, yeah. they've only lost the one game to Alabama where Alabama had them straight figured out. Yeah. I have a feeling that Georgia's probably going to have them straight figured out as well, but it's a different point in the season now. They, I, they've gone through a lot. Like, you know, um, and I wanted to say that Georgia's had a tough time scoring points, but that's actually just not true. I was looking back on it in the last few games, it's gone. 30, 43, 37, 51 against Kentucky, which I thought was going to be a better game than yeah. it was. And then 27 against Auburn is the last time they really had. But And look, they haven't had Brock Bowers this whole time. Yeah. And they're probably not going to have him again until the playoff, I wouldn't think. But if if at all. Uh, but they again, they figured it out. That's what you like. good teams do. They figure it out. Mm -hmm. Hey, we've got all these guys who everybody else in the country would love to have on their team. Let's figure it out. Alabama's done the same thing. Of course, Kirby Smart comes from the, the Nick Saban school of like, all right, look, maybe we don't have what we did before, but everybody who's on this roster could like just all 50, all 85 of them could put themselves in the transfer portal and all 85 will get a call, Yeah, you know, so, which is not the case for every roster, you know, um, if all 85 guys at Cincinnati put themselves in the transfer portal tomorrow, I promise you there's. 30 of them right. who aren't getting calls. And that's so they figured it out. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how that one goes. I um, think it'll just be another shootout. And after watching the, the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game that ended up being a shootout and the Washington-USC game, I just need more scoring, man. Yeah. I just need it. I need it in the main vein. Yeah. Like, I just, like, keep it coming. I am tired of not watching good offenses. <laughs> Just to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, tell me who hurt you. Uh, <laughs> I think we know. Mm. Uh, Missouri and Tennessee should be a really good game. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a really good game. I, I don't know, um, you know, how that's going to – like, it's, it should be tight the whole time. Uh, I think one we have to talk about before we go, Washington uh, hosting Utah. Yeah. Utah's not – like, if you're trying to stay undefeated – It's a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup. Um, if you like there, Utah scored a bunch of points last week, uh, which is not really like they've scored a bunch of points twice. They figured things out. Like, you know, they figure it out. They figure out how to make you hurt a little bit. Yeah. Now I do think this one could tend to be a little bit like the Oregon game for Utah, but at the end of the day, I mean, they figure things out. Have they just decided to just go with Bryson Barnes? Uh, they still roll Johnson in there, you know, but yeah. yes, Bryson Barnes is the starter. Mm -hmm. You know, and they they work it out around him. They don't have any like. Plus, with they they've moved the dude. They're playing him on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, look, they gave up. They didn't score any points against Oregon, but they, you know, only gave up thirty five points against Oregon. If they somehow get offense, and that game looks a little bit different, I think that like Sioni like, Sioni Vaki. Yeah, yeah. Washington. Um, I don't know where their safeties play. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not on the field. <laughs> so I, I just – maybe they can hit some deep shots against against uh, against the Washington team. Granted, they were kind of making Caleb Williams run around a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and he was having to make some big-time throws. But I just think that Utah's defense is 
leaps and bounds better than what uh, well one Washington's is, but what USC is. Oh, yeah, so I mean, it, the matchup's going to be interesting. Hey, look, USC's calling Utah's guy. I mean, you know, yeah. like they're going to do like, hey, uh, how'd you like to live in Southern California? <laughs> Would you like to to come and interview for? It? I mean, I think that like he's that good. You mean that beach house over there? Yeah, that those are the things that they're going to have to do. All right, well, we're we're pretty much done. Uh, I will say, Florida State and Miami for a ranked unranked matchup will probably be pretty good. Like it'll yeah. be, it'll be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think Miami, Miami's a lot better uh, than they were last year. Clearly, they're still not great. Tyler Van Dyke's an adventure, mm. but it is a rivalry game. And Florida State beat Miami really badly at their place last year. So I think uh, that kind of vitriol will be shot into the veins of an already like these two schools do not care for one another in any way, shape, or form. Big 12 matchup of uh, the week, if you if you want my opinion on it. Um, West Virginia and Oklahoma is the best one on the schedule right now, but don't be surprised if somehow Texas and TCU is a good game. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Tech does at Kansas. They're not great on the road, but Baron yeah. Morton is back, and he, he kind of makes that offense a little bit more fun. Uh, but, yeah, they're, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> did somebody yawn over there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I guess I mean yes, Texas Tech, yawn. I get it, but we'll see. I think Kansas is a much a much better team. That's going to do it for us. We're back again tomorrow. Stephen Simcox will be here today on the big show. We will have uh, off the radar with Craig, um, Kobe Savage, uh, Kansas State safety, uh, Olin Buchanan of TexAgs.com, Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman, and Brandon Marcello of 247 Sports joins us as well. This is the Triple Option. Have a great day, everybody. This is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster.